All right, all right. Hey, it's great to see everybody today. Um, let's uh, let's pray. I know we just pray, but I always love to pray when I when I jump in here. So uh, so let's jump in. Let's pray. And man, God's going to speak to us today. He's going to do something awesome. I believe He's already at work here. So let's uh, let's pray. Father, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would come right now. God, I think you're already here. God, I think you're already uh, really just speaking to people. I just really sense that you're on the move here. And so, Father, I pray that you would just help us to uh, just be aware of what you're doing in our midst right now, God. And I pray that you would come and that you'd give me the words to say. Speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. How many of you in the room, you... You have kids, you know someone who has kids, or you know a kid, raise your hand. There you go, I thought that would, I thought that would. Um, thank you. One thing, I've got three kids, and one thing I love about, not, I mean, this is not just, just for my kids, this is what I, I, I just love uh, to talk about, uh, to kids about, and just I hear kids talk about in general, is uh, their future. I love to talk to my kids and hear kids talk about what they're going to do when they grow up, right? I mean... That my kids and any kids you really talk to, uh, how many of you know that when you walk up to, say, a, a really small kid, my oldest uh, daughter, she's, she's six, my son's five, you walk up to a five-year-old, a six-year-old, seven-year-old, you walk up to a small kid, ask them what they're going to do when you, they grow up, you walk up to an adult and ask them what they want to do in their life, there's going to be some different answers. Can I get a witness? There's, there's going to be some different answers, right? So, so you walk up to a little kid and you say, hey, what do you, you want to be when you grow up? And you know, I love how they look at you with a serious, serious look on their face and they'll look you right in the eye and say, hey, I know what I'm going to be when I grow up. When I grow up, I want to be a superhero doctor that can fly. And I love how they, they look at, and, and, and it's as if that is already the career path that they are on. You know, they have already picked out the school where you can get the training to do such things. They're, they're just completely serious. I, I just love that. I just love the dreams that they have. I just, I just love the, the big, crazy goals and things that they want to accomplish with their life. I just love listening to, to how big their dreams are, the things that they want to do. And, and we might hear that, and we, and we hear that, and you guys do. We, we hear that, and we laugh, things like that. But truth be told, if we're all honest today, we're all dreamers, aren't we? We're all dreamers. We're, we're all dreamers. You, you, you're here, maybe you're here, and you're married. When you walked into that marriage, you walked into that marriage with dreams, didn't you? You, you walked into that marriage with dreams. Now, it might be a nightmare now, but when you walked into that puppy, you had some dreams, right? You had, you had some goals. You had some visions. Hey, wow, I, I hope the marriage goes like this. I hope this person, I hope he or she, I hope they're like this. When you walked into the marriage, you walked into the marriage with dreams. Maybe you're here and you've started a business. When you started that business, you started that business with some dreams, with some goals with some visions that you hoped that business would accomplish. Maybe you're here and you look at your life and, and you've got some dreams with your life. Maybe you uh, believe and you think that God's going to use you in a really significant way. God's going to do some big things in your life. See, we're all dreamers. But what do you do when it seems like the dreams that you have have died? What do, what do you do when it seems like your dreams, your hopes, your goals, your desires, what do you do when it seems as if those dreams have died? 
So you start the business and you started it with all kinds of dreams and hopes and goals and the business closes. The, the marriage ends. You, you thought God was going to really do something big in your life, but from where you're at right now, you just don't see it. What do you do? How, how do you keep going when it seems like your dream dies? Well, today we're in part three of our series called Don't Give Up. And what we've done every, every single week in this series is, is we've looked at how God calls us to, to persevere, to endure, to hang in there, to not give up. And so the very first week of this series, we, saw, we talked about just a general statement over us, how we shouldn't give up because God never gives up on us. And then last week, we talked about how to not give up when life gets hard, when, when you suffer, when you go through a lot of trials. How do you not give up? And, and the, re, the, the way we said that you keep going when life gets hard is you remember this is a test. Now, if that don't make any sense to you, go to the website and download last week. All right, don't have time to unpack it. Just go to the website, download last week. But today, how do you keep going when it seems as if your dream dies? Well, if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and you can open up to Mark chapter 5. And we're going to be in a really uh, pretty good passage, pretty uh, lengthy passage today. Verses 21 all the way down through verse 43. So if you've got a Bible, the, the book of Mark's really easy to find. Open up to the New Testament. Matthew, next one is Mark. Mark chapter 5, 21 through 43. If you don't have a Bible, the words are going to be up here on the screen. If you don't have a Bible at all, though, or maybe, maybe you do and you've got a Bible that's just really hard for you to understand... Uh, we got a Bible for you today. When you leave to the left in the back of the auditorium, we've got free Bibles for you. We just want you to take one. No questions asked. We just want you to have a Bible. If you don't have one or you've got one, you can't understand it. Right there in the back, you just take one today, okay? But Mark chapter 5, and what we're going to see is we're going to see Jesus interact with two different kinds of people. They're coming from two completely different classes of society. They're coming from two completely different backgrounds, but what they both have in common, and we don't even know if they've ever had a conversation. The Bible doesn't tell us that they ever actually spoke, exchanged names, became friends on Facebook, or anything like that. But what we do know is that where they're at in their life, it looks as if their dreams have died. It looks as if everything they ever wanted is just slipping through their hands. So Jesus is going to interact with these two people. So, so let's read this if you've got a copy of, uh, of the Bible, of God's Word. Ma uh, Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Word's going to be behind me if you don't have one. Let's read this. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. So here comes a guy, pretty, pretty influential, his name's Jairus. Jairus by name. And seeing him, seeing Jesus, Jairus fell at Jesus' feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. I just love that Jesus has never met this guy before and Jesus doesn't put up any obstacles. He doesn't, doesn't say, oh, I'm too busy. Here's a busy Savior. And Jesus just says, well, let's go. Let's, let's go. So they go, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians, and she had spent all that she had and was no better, but, but rather grew 
words. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, remember Jairus, remember that guy? Hey Jesus, you've got to come to my house. My daughter is about to die. So this great miracle happens. While he was still speaking, there came one from the ruler's house. Someone said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher? Hey, she's dead. Let's just just go. But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, he says this to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. What that means is the funeral has already started. The funeral had already started for this little girl. And when he had entered, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside. And he took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was, taking her by the hand. He said to her, Talitha Kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking. She was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. I bet they were. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and he told them to give her something to eat. See, here's what's happened. Here's what's happened. Jesus has just finished speaking somewhere. He gets off of the boat. There's this massive crowd that's now following Jesus wherever he goes because Jesus' popularity is now at rock star status. Okay, so everybody, Jesus is extremely popular. He's, he's healing diseases. He's exercising demons. He's preaching. He's doing all kinds of amazing things. So people are following him. There, he's this massive celebrity. There's this great crowd around him. But then there's this man, and his name is Jairus. And Jairus pushes his way through the crowd. And he walks up to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, my daughter is about to die the whole story. We know, in fact, she does die. Now think about this with me. I don't know if you saw this as a real quick detail towards the end. She's 12 years old. 12-year-old little girl. Watch this. Parents, grandparents, or or wannabe parents. You can relate to this, right? You can relate to this. This 12-year-old girl, Jairus' daughter, you know there's dreams wrapped up in that little girl, isn't there? there? There's dreams wrapped up in that little girl. There's, there's, there's hopes and there's desires and there's longings for that little girl. Like I said, I've got three kids and I have dreams for all of my kids. I've got dreams for all of my kids. I've got, I've got two daughters, so I dream about the day that, that, that some guy asks them out so I can begin to cause psychological damage to that boy. I, I dream about the day that I can keep my daughters from walking down the aisle with some loser. I, I, just, I have dreams and goals about, about what they're going to do with their life and, and where they're going to go. And just watching them grow up is a dream. 
Jairus had the same dreams. Had, had the same dreams that you've got for your grandkids. Had the same dreams that you've got for your kids. He, he probably dreamed about what it would be like to watch his little girl grow up and, and, and play with her kids. And here he is. He's at a point in his life where all of his dreams for his little girl are about to go. Jesus, my little girl is about to die. And so Jesus goes with Jairus. And on the way, here comes a woman. And we don't know anything about the woman. We, we, don't, we don't know her name. We don't know her shoe size. We don't know what she likes to do in her free time. But here's what we do know. She's had a physical condition for 12 years. And over and over and over and over, every doctor has said, you're never getting better. That There's no hope for you. And did you see that? She had had, the Bible says, many troubles under a lot of physicians. And what that meant was, over and over, everybody was saying, I can't do it. She had spent all that she had. She had this bleeding condition for 12 years, and so she was extremely weakened. And she, she, she didn't have anywhere else to go. She felt like it was all over. And you know what? I bet if you walked up to that woman today, if we, if we could go back and, and we, could, we could talk to this woman, here's what I bet. I bet she had dreams for her life. I bet she had things she wanted to do. I bet she had places that she would have loved to have visited. I bet, I bet she had things that she would love to have accomplished. And here she is, and she's being told for the past 12 years, you're never going to get better. See, we can all relate to that because we've all had dreams, right? I mean, I don't, I don't care to, to admit to you, and, and, and I've used this here before, but when we started Summit, when we started Summit, we started Summit, we still do. We have a lot of dreams for this church. We have a lot of dreams for this church. We, we, this, this room right here holds 850 seats. We have a dream that one day every seat's going to be filled and we're going to have to have numerous services on a Sunday because so many people are coming in and out. And, and we've had all kinds of dreams for this church and for starting other churches like this in the region and beyond and reaching the unchurched and reaching the de-churched. And so we started this thing with a lot of dreams. And one thing I remember is um, we're, we're sponsored by all kinds of different churches, organizations uh, throughout the state. And one thing I remember was uh, before, we, before we started, we had to go to something, my wife and I, we had to go to something called Church Planner Boot Camp. Now, it wasn't nearly as intense as it sounds, all right? It sounds really intense, but it was not. Uh, but what it was was just a couple days where all kinds of people got together who were going to do the same thing. We were going to go out and try to change the world, reach people, and it was going to be awesome. And so we just got together, man, just a bunch of dreamers. It's awesome. It's awesome. We were just talking about how, what we were going to do and where we were going to do it at and how God was going to use us. And, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget, though that, that time ended and we all prayed for each other and it was a great time, but I will never forget, and I've used this here before, but it just sticks out to me. I'll never forget Last year, we were kind of already going. On Facebook, one Sunday morning, I saw some people that we were in church planner boot camp with, dreamers just like us, put up as their status. After a lot of prayers and tears, we made the decision to close. Then they named their church. It didn't work out. Nobody was really coming. They had a lot of dreams. But they didn't become a reality. What do you do when, when your dreams and your hopes and your goals and what you want to do with your life, when it just doesn't seem to be coming, when you thought and you were told, hey, God's going to use you, God's got great things in store for your life, and from where you're sitting, you just don't see it. What do you do? 
So here's a guy, his daughter is about to die, all of his dreams associated with her are about to go. This woman, she's been told over and over, there's no hope. Here they are, their dreams, it seems as if they're over. What do they do? How do you keep going when it seems as if your hopes and your dreams are about to die? This man, Jairus, and this woman, we don't know her name, they never spoke apparently, but they both have the exact same response. They both do the exact same thing that you and I need to do when we're about to give up on life, when we're about to give up on God, because we think that our dreams and our hopes and our goals are never going to become a reality. They do one thing, and it's the same thing that you and I need to do. They keep believing. They just keep believing. When, when, when everything said, don't believe, when everybody said, why don't you just walk away, they just kept believing. I love Jairus. I love, I love that Jairus, he, he walks up to Jesus, his daughter is about to die, and I love in verse 23, he says, my little daughter is at the point of death, but if you come and lay hands on her, she'll be made well and she will live. Here's this woman, she'd been told over and over and over, you're never going to get better. And then she walks up to Jesus and she says, if I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. What did they do? They just kept the faith. They just kept trusting God. They just had faith. And what is faith? See, faith is not just wishful thinking, alright? Faith isn't wishful thinking that you hope it's going to work out. It might work out. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever talk? Let's, let's be honest. We're in church. We're in church. I think that we can be honest together. We can pull through this together if we're honest. Have you ever, maybe, maybe you've done this, or maybe you've talked to somebody at church, and they're going through something, and you look at them, and they look at you, and may, have you ever said this, and you say, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trusting God with it. But in the inside, you've already said to yourself, this is over. Right? Have you ever been there? This ain't working out. This is never going to happen. Let's jump ship. There's no hope. But outside, yeah, I'm just trusting the Lord, brother. I believe God's going to work this one out for me. No, you don't. You're already in the lifeboat. You've already abandoned ship. You've already said this is not going to happen. See, that's not faith. Faith is not, ah, probably ain't going to happen no way. That's not faith. Faith is confidence that God always keeps His promises even when it doesn't look like He's going to. Faith is confidence that Jesus can bring resurrection when the only thing you see around you is death. Faith is the assurance, the Bible says, and it's the conviction of things hoped for, of things that you don't even see. See, faith in Jesus, faith in Jesus refuses to stop believing even when it makes sense to stop believing. Faith in Jesus refuses to stop believing. It refuses to abandon the faith, even when it would make sense to do that. I mean, Jairus, she's dead. Let's just leave Jesus alone. He's got a busy speaking schedule. Let's call it a day. You've got at least 12 years of memories. Let's walk away. She's dead. I mean, woman, you're never going to get better. You've been to every doctor. You've spent everything that you've had. There's no hope. But if I could just touch the hem of his garment I'll be okay if he just comes home with me and just touches her she'll be made well see faith in Jesus believes when it doesn't make sense to believe so maybe you're here and you've got some friends just like Jairus had some friends that said hey Jairus 
teacher's busy, Jesus is busy, let's just leave them alone. So you've got some friends, and they're coming up to you, and they're saying, hey, you're really excited about church right now, you're really excited about Jesus right now, but just you wait till life gets hard, just you wait till stuff doesn't go your way, and you'll walk away. Maybe you're in a place right now where it doesn't make sense to believe, but faith in Jesus continues to believe, refuses to stop believing, even when it makes sense to walk away. Faith in Jesus... Faith in Jesus believes when the next step isn't clear to you. Listen, the best thing you can do when you don't know what to do is to keep believing. The best thing that you can do when you don't know what to do is to continue to trust God. Because maybe you're here today and that's where you're at. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the next step. And you'd love to know the next step. You, you feel so confused. You've got all of these options. You don't know what the next step is. Listen to me. He does. He does. He knows the next step. And He's with you in the step that you're about to take. So don't walk away from Him. Maybe you're here and you look at your life and, and you think, God is just moving too slow in your life. People have told you He's going to use you. But, but it's just really slow. It just seems like God is just really taking His time in fulfilling His promises in your life. I read this week, I, I heard somebody say, God is never slow, but neither is He in a hurry. Because God does everything in His own time. The best thing you can do when you don't know what to do is to continue to believe. Listen, don't stop believing. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop believing. Quick, somebody write a song called Don't Stop Believing. It'll be a huge hit. It'll be a huge hit for you. Your life will be set. The band has been begging me since we, I told them we were going to do this series. Can we play that song? No, we can't. But this will be a good day too right here don't stop believing see I love how this story ends because here's how this story should end it should end with a dead girl it should end with the funeral that just continues but instead here's how it ends I love how it ends Jesus kicks everybody out of the room because they laughed at him never laugh at Jesus you walk away with one thing never laugh at him they laughed at him. He kicks them all out of the room. Verse 41, takes her by the hand. She is dead. Only Jesus can pull this off. Only Jesus can walk with this kind of swagger. Takes her by the hand and says, Talitha Kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. Now listen. Every morning, Monday through Friday, I wake my kids up from school. Now listen, if you have that job in your house, it's because at some point in your life you lost a contest. And that's your penalty. That's your punishment. You entered a contest, you lost, you get to wake the kids up. It doesn't go as easy for me as it does for Jesus waking up this dead girl. Hey, get up, it's time to go to school. No, Dad, no. I don't get up this early. No, I'm not going to get up. Jesus walks right up to this dead girl. And literally, what it's meant, literally in the Greek, get up. You know what she does? Gets up. Gets up. And Jesus, had the, Jesus has the peace of mind to look at this dead girl that he's just brought back to life and he looks at the disciples and he says, get this girl a sandwich. I bet she's hungry. It shouldn't end that way, should it? She was dead. What's it end with? A sack lunch. Why? Why? Because faith 
refuses to stop believing, even when it would make sense to, even when the next step isn't clear. What do you do when it seems as if your dreams have died? You just keep believing. If I just touch him, if he just comes to my house, and he comes to the house, and there she is at the dinner table. Some of you are about to give up. Some of you look at your life and you feel like it's going nowhere. You look at your life and you feel stuck. But what if it's just around the corner? What if his perspective is different from your perspective and he sees that it's coming and all you need to do is keep believing? That's all you need to do. Some of you, you look at your situation, you look at your life and where you think your life is headed and you look at it just the way that Jairus' friends do. She's dead. Jairus, she's dead. You look at it, this is dead. No hope for this situation. This can never be fixed. You look at God and say, can I even trust Him? And I just want to say to you, you can. You can trust Him. Say, well, Mark, I don't have that much faith. Let me get somebody in the band to come out. Let's make this sound real spiritual. Somebody grab a guitar. Bring it, dude. Bring it, John. Here we go. Some of you, you look at this and you say, Mark, I don't have that kind of faith. I don't, I don't have the kind of faith. See, all of a sudden it's real spiritual. I don't have the kind of faith that can believe that way. Uh-oh, the lights are coming down. I don't have that kind of faith, Mark. Listen to me, listen to me. Jesus says that all it takes to move a mountain is faith the size of a mustard seed. So you're here and you're like, Mark, I want to keep believing, but Mark, I feel like my faith is so small. And here's what I want to say to you. Stop looking at your faith and start looking at the object of your faith, Jesus. The point of faith is not faith. The point of faith is Jesus. And listen to me. Jesus' hold on you is way stronger than your hold on Him. You're here and you feel like you're barely hanging on and I'm telling you that you are so much in His grip, nothing can take you from His hand. He refuses to let you go. So stop looking at your faith and start looking at the object of your faith Jesus who refuses to give up on you who can take your situation that looks dead and bring a resurrection who can bring healing and hope and peace where everybody has said give up keep looking to Jesus some of you you need to do that for the very first time today you've got to do it for the very first time today maybe you've been coming week in and week out maybe this is your first time but you look at your life, maybe you heard John's testimony, you say, wow, I'd love for that to happen for me. It can. Maybe you look at your life and where it is right now, and you say, wow, I, w I would love to have a relationship with Jesus. I would love to experience what we've sung about this morning. I'd love to experience the kind of faith that we're talking about. You can. See, I don't know what you think about what Christianity is. I don't know your church background. But maybe you walked into the room and you believe that Christianity is simply a list of do's and don'ts. It's a list of rules. And that by keeping those rules, if you do well enough in those rules, then you'll get to go to heaven when you die. And that is not Christianity. That's religion. See, religion works its way to God. But God knew that we can't work our way to Him, so He sent Jesus who came after us. 
Christianity is not do this, do this, do this, do, do, do. Christianity is done. It's done for you. Jesus came and He lived for you. Took your place, lived 33 years, walked this earth for you. And He went to the cross and took all of your sin, living for things other than God, doing what God says not to do. He took all of your sin, everything that causes us to be, to everything that, that causes us that, that, would, that we should deserve to be rejected by God. We deserve hell because of it. Jesus took all of that to the cross. You say, Mark, I don't know, you, don't, you don't know what I've done. And I'm going to say to you, listen, it doesn't matter because the cross is bigger than what you've done. He took your darkest moments to the cross. The darkest things that have ever been done to you, He took it to the cross. And three days later, He burst out of the tomb so that you can be forgiven. You say, wow, I would love to have a new start. Today's your new start. I'd love to have a second chance. Today's your second chance. You don't go out and try to clean yourself off first. All you do right there where you sit is you just cry out to Him. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. So right there where you sit, if you just cry out to Him in prayer and you say, Dear Jesus, I believe that You're the Son of God. I believe that You came for me. You died for me. Forgive me for my sins. Save me. The Bible says that He will. Some of you are here and you've already done that. You're here, you're a Christian. Got a relationship with Jesus, but you know when He knows that there is an area of your life where you're about to walk away from trusting Him with. You think it's too big for Him. You think it's too far gone. You think it can't be fixed. But today He says different. Today he says, hey, if I can walk into a bedroom and bring a dead girl back to life, what does that say that I can do in your life? Let's pray. Let's pray today. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us this story in the Bible. It's not just some made-up story. This really happened. You really did this in history. This was an event that took place that you walked into Jairus' house, into his little girl's room, and you touched her and brought her back to life. This woman walked up to you. And when every doctor said there was no hope, all she did was touch the hem of your garment, and you instantly healed her. And Jesus, I pray for every single person that's here in this room right now who is just really struggling to believe that you're good really struggling to believe that you're faithful in a certain area, really struggling to believe that you're going to work this out in their lives, be it their marriage, be it their finances, be it their kids and the decisions that they see them making, a career path, whatever it is, God, I pray for them right now that they would keep believing. God, I pray that today people who do not have a relationship with you, that don't know what would happen to them when they die. Jesus, that they would leave today having started a relationship with you. That they would leave today having made the most important and significant decision of their life, beginning a relationship with you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you a question today. How many of you would say, Mark, I'm a Christian, I've got a relationship with Jesus, but there's a particular area of my life that God knows I am having an extremely hard time trusting Him with. 
I'm having an extremely difficult time trusting God with this. Would you raise your hand? Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up all over the room. Praise God for honesty. Hey, you don't have to hide here. You're in a safe place. It's good. Here's what I want to ask you to do. If that's you, if you just raised your hand, we want to pray for you today. We want to pray for you today. We've got people in the back who are ready to pray for you. If you just raised your hand, here's what I would ask you to do. Would you just have enough faith and enough courage just to say, excuse me to the person next to you if you need to. Would you just get up right now, go to the back of the auditorium. There are people who want to pray for you about that situation right now. If you just raised your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you'd say, Mark, you're describing me. I'm having a really hard time trusting God with this. Look, we want to pray with you today. We don't want you to go through that alone. God doesn't either. If that's you, would you just stand up right now and go to the back? Just say, excuse me, you stand up right now. You go to the back. You ask somebody to go with you. If that's you, you just get up and you go right now if you need to. Let me ask this other question, though. How many of you today would say, Mark, I don't think that I have a relationship with Jesus. If I died today, I don't know what would happen to me. And I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want to give Him my life for the very first time today. Listen, if that's you, then I'm going to pray a prayer. And I just invite you to pray this prayer right there in your seat with me to respond to Jesus, simply saying, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. You can pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming for me. Forgive me for my sins. I give my life to you. I want to live for you. And I want a relationship with you starting today. In your name. Amen. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, nobody's looking around. If you just prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand right now? If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, you say, Mark, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand today. Would you just slip your hand up right now and then put it back down if that's you today? Father, I thank you that we can continue to have faith and trust in you regardless of where we're at, regardless of what life brings, regardless of how, how hard those moments are when it seems as if every dream that we've ever had and everything that we thought you were going to do in our life, when it seems like it's slipping away. God, we thank you that we can believe. We thank you that you work all things together for the good. So God, I pray that when we leave today, I pray that, that Jesus, we wouldn't leave simply inspired, but Jesus, we would leave more in love with you. We would leave with a bigger vision for you. We would leave knowing that you're bigger than anything we're going to face or we're ever going to face. In your name, amen, amen. Church, let's praise God today that you can trust him, that we belong to him. Decisions were made today, and I believe... I believe that God has, has spoken to us today and that you're going to leave today never the same. Here's what we're going to do right now. Our ushers are going to come forward. And if we can get some, some of our ushers to come forward, here, we, here they come. And right now we're going to take up our offering. And you need to know that our offering time is a time of worship. It's a time where, where by faith we say to God, God, you are first. See, in the Bible, God calls us to give our tithes and our offerings. That would be 10% uh, of, of what He's given to us. And, and in the Bible, the reason that God does that is not because 
Not because God is stingy. In fact, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. And what God wants to do is He wants us to say, God, You're first. You're first in every area. And we worship You in every way. We worship You with the resources that You have given to us. And so this is a time of worship that as you give, it's you saying, God, You're Lord of my life. Money's not, stuff isn't. Anything the world would want me to worship isn't. It's You. So let's give with that as our heart today. Okay? And listen, as the offering plates go around, if you fill out your connection card and drop that in there, if, if you don't have time enough time to, maybe you want to write down some significant things God is doing in your life, you keep that, you can give it to one of our greeters on the way back. But guys, you go ahead and let's begin to take up our offering this morning. I'll be back with some final instructions here at the end. offering. Let me give you guys some final instructions today. Just uh, uh, a few things before we leave. Hey, thank you guys so much for being with us today. Remember, if you're a first time guest, we've got a free gift for you in the lobby to your right. Here's something you need to know. Uh, February 26th is Baptism Sunday. Baptism Sundays are awesome around here, right? Let's, I mean, they're, they're just amazing times, man. And, and uh, there we go. And if you have never been baptized, okay, if, you, if you've given your life to Jesus, baptism is the very first thing he says to do. If you've never been baptized, you should be baptized. And baptism is really easy, the way to set that up. There's a sign-up sheet out there. If you still have your card, you can check that box and we'll get in touch with you. But here's the thing, here's the thing, all right? This, this month is a little different. Baptism Sunday is February 26th, okay? But next Sunday, February 19th, we have some people that are going to get baptized and their work schedule prevents them from being here quite a bit. Next Sunday, they're going to be able to be a part uh, and get baptized. So, so next Sunday is pre-baptism Sunday, Sunday. All right. Now, now, but here's what I know. I know that describes a lot of you. Uh, your work schedule, you can come every other weekend, every so often. So if you need to get baptized, you can't be here the 26th, but you can be here next weekend. Well, the next weekend is the day that you should get baptized, okay? So for the next two Sundays, you've got some opportunities to do that. Uh, but take advantage of those. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Hey, love you guys. God bless you. Next week, we're going to wrap up our Don't Give Up series with Don't Give Up on Other People. And listen, it's going to be a great time. We're going to do some really great things in that service. Can't wait to show you some of the things we've got planned for you. So let's stand up. Our band's going to dismiss us today. And uh, thank you guys so much. Love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. As we get ready to leave here today, I just want everybody to remember and take with them what Mark was saying about believing in Jesus is what it's all about when, when nothing else is left to have hope in. 
you still have hope in Jesus. He's there for you. He's not going to let go of you. And what we're getting ready to sing says, I can see a lot at the end of the tunnel. But until that day comes, I will hold on to you. And we need to remember that, that no matter what we do in our life, no matter where we go, no matter how down we get, Jesus is never going to let go of it. I can see a light. Oh, oh, oh. I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on. There will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes. Still I will praise you, still I will praise you. Singing, oh no, never let go, through the calm and through the storm. Oh no, never let go, every high, every low. And oh no, never let go, Lord, you never let go of me. Coming, everybody. You have a safe day. We'll see you next week.